From the land of the midnight sun, welcome back to Follow the Money, your globalist banking alternative news and information podcast. I'm your host, Prepper Dave. If you remember last episode, we revealed the secrets of the central bank digital currencies by unearthing the truth behind Project Helvetia, Dunbar, Orem, and Roslyn. Well, today, we're going to go a little bit deeper into exposing the elite's secret plan to rule us through green financing. We're going to unmask the BIS, the Bank for International Settlements, and hopefully at the end, you will join the fight against the dark agenda hiding behind climate change. So, Conspiracy Podcast listeners, listen up. We have a lot to cover, so buckle up, grab a drink, and let's dive right in. Do you ever feel the world is controlled by a powerful group of people who are manipulating the global economy for their own benefit? Do you? If so... You're not alone. The Bank for International Settlements, the BIS, has been at the center of conspiracy theory since its formation in 1930. Not only have they become the de facto central bank to some of the world's largest leading economies and monetary authorities, but they also use their power and influence to push an agenda that includes green financing as a way to impose a new world order on humanity, you and me. From advocating for digital currency replacement of all national currencies, and creating an advanced surveillance system to causing natural disasters with advanced technology to justify, to justify their climate policies. It seems this shadowy organization will go to great lengths in promoting their vision for an environmentally sustainable future dominated by control over our money supply. Yes, our money supply. In this podcast, we will examine what nefarious activities the BIS might be up to beneath the surface and why they may be using green financing as a pretext towards a cashless society. So, folks, what is green financing? What is green financing? Well, green financing is a term that covers any financial activity that supports the so-called sustainable environmental objectives. It involves investing in companies that have a so-called positive impact on environment and society and creating products and services that they claim ensure a better environmental future. Green financing is sold to us in a way that helps manage environmental and societal and social risks and the opportunities to deliver greater accountability for those companies that choose not to be enslaved by the BIS and the central bank funding streams. That's right. If you go against the central bank funding streams and the BIS, well... And their enslavement, you are in for a difficult ride. And we'll get into some of that in just a second. Because some of the examples of green financing are green loans, green bonds, and green funds. Green loans, well, what are they? They're loans that have been sold to the public as being used exclusively to fund projects that have what they say clear environmental benefits such as renewable energy. 
energy efficiency, pollution prevention, biodiversity, conservation, etc. The list goes on and on and on. Green loans follow the green loan principles, which provide an international standard, an international standard for the use of the proceeds. You can't use them for anything that you choose, but what they choose. For the standard use of the proceeds, for the use and project evaluation and selection, for the management of the proceeds, and the reporting. Now, all of these green and social things sound a little like ESG, environmental social governance. Doesn't it? Doesn't it sound a little like that? What about green bonds? What about these things? These bonds that are issued under the auspices of raising capital for projects with positive environmental impact. Well, green bonds follow what? The green bond principles, which are similar to the green loan principles, but also include an external review and verification of the green credentials. <laughs> the green credentials of the bond. So, now we have green loans, green bonds, and now green funds. What are these? These are the funds that only, only, only invest in companies or projects that meet certain criteria or standards. Hmm. Standards such as, oh, carbon footprint. How about the alignment with the Paris Agreement? How about the contribu contributions? to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And the list, again, goes on and on, and we could just stay on that topic alone for hours. So, we've talked about the green funds, we've turned, talked about the green bonds and the green loans. But, what is the BIS's role in promoting this green finance, this abstract idea out there that says if you don't meet our criteria, whatever that might mean for environmental and social governance. Well, what happens? What is the BIS's role in promoting this? As discussed previously, the BIS, the Bank for International Settlements, an international organization, like I said, serves as the bank for the central banks. It's responsible for 95% of the world's GDP. And it fosters the cooperation through all of those central banks. And one of its primary focuses is on making money through green finance. And according to the BIS's website, the BIS and its hosted committees and associations collaborate. You know, we always hear about these big elites collaborating. Well, here you go. They collaborate in several ways to promote the transition towards <clears throat> sustainable global economy a sustainable global economy some of these ways are how do they do it and well they have about we'll go over five they have a little bit more than that we'll go over the top five they provide a platform for central banks and financial authorities to exchange the views and experiences on green finance issues don't forget their primary objective is the money and how they can extract the money and transition the wealth 
They conduct research and analysis on the implications of climate change for financial stability and the financial sector. Of course they do, because their primary motive and goal is money. And how will they extract the money through green finance? Anybody remember Al Gore? 22 in the 2000 election remember Al Gore after that on climate change and how he tried to cash in well remember that or go back and look it up how about developing standards remember they're developing the standards they're developing the guidelines and the best practices for green finances yeah how they're going to do this and they're going to use the Basel Committee's work on climate-related financial risks. And we'll get into some of these financial risks or, or so-called financial risks and what they do to people who do not prescribe to their way of thinking. Support the development of green bond markets, which are bonds that finance projects, like we said, <clears throat> with a positive environmental impact. The BIS has invested part of its own Funds and green bonds, well, no surprise there. It's their money. It's our money. It's whose money? And they say their own funds. Okay. I wonder where they're getting those funds from. Participate in the Network for Greening the Financial System. That's the NGFS. Remember what NGFS stands for because we're going to use just that acronym here shortly. Network for greening the financial system. They participated in the Network for Greening of the Financial System, NGFS, a group of central banks and supervisors that aims to enhance the role of the financial system in mobilizing capital for the low-carbon investments and their green investments. Does the BIS use ESG standards? How about that? Do they use ESG standards when evaluating these financing opportunities? Of course they do. You know that. I know that. We all know that the BIS uses ESG standards when evaluating their financing opportunity, especially in the context of the green bond market. According to a BIS report, not my report, but a BIS report, the BIS has invested part of its own green funds in the green bond since 2019 and has also launched two green bond funds not just green bonds but green bond funds for central banks let's see are they dictating to the central banks that they have to invest in these green bond funds and from 2019 2020 keep on going these funds aim to support central banks efforts to incorporate Environmental Sustainability Objectives. Sounds a little UN-ish, doesn't it? It is. Well, it's right out of the UN textbook, so. Into the management of the reserves and capital and to foster the development of green finance through sizable investments in eligible green bonds. So, anyway, if you haven't, if you didn't think that all of this green, green, Eco green climate change wasn't about the money and climate bonds and everything. It wasn't. I hope you're starting to see it's all about the money because the BIS also applies a rigorous screening process to select these green bonds for its funds. They base it on internationally recognized ESG standards and frameworks. We've talked about ESG before environmental social 
governance. This is their way to dictate who gets financing, who doesn't get financing, what penalties are paid for those who do not comply. These include green bond principles issued by the International Capital Market Association. The climate bond standard issued by the Climate Bonds Initiative. And the EU tax and money for sustainable activities. The BIS also uses external data providers. Hmm, I wonder who those guys are. To assess the ESG performance and impact on green bonds. So they get these guys from the outside that obviously concur with what their vision is of making money off the green network. And then they give an evaluation on ESG performance. Such as carbon footprints, the alignment with the Paris Agreement, like we said before, and again, the contribution to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. This, and which is part of, or the heart of, Agenda 2030. So, this is where ESG, Agenda 2030, come together under the central banks, which falls up under the Bank for International Settlements, the Bank for the Central Banks. I bet you're wondering what happens to the financing for the companies that don't, well, either they don't meet the ESG standards or the NGFS standards. What happens to those guys? You know, whether it's intentional or unintentional, right? I mean, well, that's why you see people pushing so hard, and you'll understand why they push so hard to meet these ESG and NGFS standards. Because the financing that do, the financing for the companies that do not meet these standards may or do become more difficult and more costly as investors and regulators increasingly demand higher standards of environmental, social, and governance performance. Some of the possible consequences for these companies, the ones that stand up against the likes of WEF, the IMF, and the BIS, as well as the central banks. What happens to these companies? What are the possible consequences for these companies? Higher cost of capital, lower valuation, regulatory scrutiny, stakeholder pressure. And we'll go through those. Higher cost of capital. That's, that's probably a pretty easy one. Companies that do not meet the SG or NGFS standards face higher interest rates on their loans as banks and other lending lenders factor and what are other lenders investors could they be venture capitalists could they be off bank type issues as banks and other lenders factor in higher risks associated with poor esg performance so it's right there let me reread this whole thing. Companies do not that do not meet ESG or NGFS standards face higher interest rates on their loans as banks and other lenders factor in the higher rate risks associated with poor ESG performance. Now you know this is one just one of the reasons that they have to follow ESG, DEI, and NGFS. They may also lose access to the green bond market. Now this is a hugely growing source for, of financing for projects around the world. They don't want to lose out on that financing, do they? Of course not. If you're a growing company, you don't want to lose out on financing. You have to be able to finance in order to grow. And they will cut you off 
at the knees on a higher cost of capital. How about a lower valuation? Companies that do not meet the SGDI and NGFS standards, well, they suffer from lower valuation by <coughs> investors. Investors, like we said before, they could be venture capitalists, they could be banks, they could be central banks who discount their future cash flow. Oh, don't forget, we also have people like BlackRock. Those are huge investors who discount their future cash flows due to potential liabilities, reputational damage, and regulatory penalties that they may incur. And who will they incur them from? The wrath of the narrative and those that follow it, whether it be the media or the banks or the politicians and the new requirements and laws, they will also face lower demand for their shares. Why? Because some of these mega shares, such as BlackRock, Vanguard, etc., they won't invest. Because they want to make sure these ESG criteria is maintained in the portfolio allocation. Now, I don't know, but BlackRock and Vanguard, etc., they seem to um, hold a lot of sway. I'll just leave it at that. So, now we have higher cost of capital, we have lower valuation, and we mentioned political, regulatory, regulatory scrutiny. Because companies that do not meet these ESG, DEI, NGFS standards face more regulatory scrutiny and enforcement actions as authorities around the world implement new rules and guidelines under the guise of climate-related and environmental risks in the financial sector. For example, EU's Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive the CSRD. It requires companies to disclose information on how they manage their impacts on people and the planet. How they manage the people and the planet. The SEC is also developing a framework for the climate-related disclosures for public companies. So try and get on the NASDAQ, the Dow, or any of the others. S&P, the SEC will come after you. It doesn't matter if you're Elon Musk and you're X or Twitter or if you're True Social or you're YouTube or, well, MSNBC, Fox News, anyone else or any other company or outlet, they will come after you. Stakeholder pressure. How about that one? This is the one that gets kind of ginned up by the mainstream media and social media companies as well as big tech. Companies that do not meet the ESG, DEI, and GFS standards may face more pressure from their stakeholders, such as their customers, probably not their true customers. That's, not, that's my thought. The other ones that's just getting ginned up in the media. Their employees, suppliers, communities, and civil society groups. Hmm. Could those be the ones like uh, maybe Antifa, maybe BLM, that they um, push out to riot across the country when it's necessary? Burning down cities, burning down companies, buildings, threats of that, threats of lawsuits. And it could even be 
Anybody who may demand more transparency? Probably not. We want transparency. We want accountability. Not only of the crony capitalists, but of anybody involved with this green financing, whether it's BlackRock, Vanguard, whatever. These stakeholder pressure may also lose... (laughs) Their social license to operate as they fail to meet the expectations and the needs of the society in which they operate. That's right, people. We have a social credit score going on. Well, we know about China's. You don't hear about the ones that are coming from the Bank for International Settlements or the central banks or the spoken hub, spoken wheel, excuse me, and the innovation hub. Of all the financial transactions that ha- that happen in international corporations, they don't want to lose their social license to operate in one country or multiple. Therefore, companies that do not meet ESG or NGFS or DEI standards may have a competitive disadvantage in the long run as they miss out on these opportunities and the benefits that come with being, well... So-called more sustainable and so-called more environmentally friendly and responsible. It's all about the money, folks. All about the money. Follow the money. They may also expose themselves to more risks and challenges that can undermine their financial performance and reputation. Do you know what this sounds like? It sounds like, at minimum, legalized extortion. Or fascism. Or a fascu-communism. Commu-fascism. Corporatism. It's all about the money, folks. Regardless. So. Now, you know, they call us conspiracy theorists, right? So what are some of the uh, so-called conspiracy theories that they say that we hold on to? About the BIS and the green finance? What do they say we are spreading? Well, they say some of the things that we're spreading is like the BIS being part of a global cabal of bankers and elites that control the world's money supply and manipulate manipulate the economy for their own benefit. Uh, Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that one. That they use their influence to push for green financing as a way to impose a new world order and enslave humanity under a totalitarian regime. Absolutely. I guess we can include um, a huge transfers of wealth and crony capitalism and a one world government. We can add that to that little tidbit there. How about the BIS being involved in a secret plan to create a digital currency? We have, discru- we have discussed this over the last few episodes in, in depth about the digital currency. And that it will replace all national currencies and enable a global surveillance system. They do. They are. And they will use green financing as a pretext to justify the transition to a cashless society and to impose environmental taxes and regulations on you and me. And if they say they're putting it on a corporation, they'll just transfer it to us. So we're going to wind up paying for all of this. Now, 
They also say that we claim, which we do, the BIS is behind a covert operation to use advanced technologies to cause systemic climate change and wildfires and you know weather manipulation and wildfires, droughts, floods, and other disasters, you know, natural disasters around the world. Of course. Of course they are trying to manipulate the climate change. They are trying to manipulate the weather. Now there's other things that factor. There's a lot of natural things that factor. Um, whether it's the potential for pole shifting and magne- you know the mag- magnetism around the earth and solar flares, etc. But they are trying to do their best to utilize that. They use these events to create fear and panic among the public. Absolutely. How often do you hear about climate change? And to justify their agenda of green financing and climate action. If we don't do it by 2030, we'll all burn, right? That's what you hear. Actually, some people say we're past that time. So I guess, woo, let's have a party until then, right? The BIS is also using its innovation up to develop technologies that will enable the measurement and disclosure of environmental impact and risks, as well as the creation of new sustainability-linked products and carbon trading markets. Absolutely. Let's just look at Vanguard and and BlackRock. All right. No sense even going any deeper on that one at this point. And that we, they say we claim that they use these technologies to advance their vision of a green and inclusive economy. No, not really. It's not really. It's an, it's a green economy, but it's not very inclusive and it's not very sustainable. Um, it's not very. Now, when they say the, the, the planet, they're worried about Mother Earth. Well, the Earth will always be here. Now, there are things changing in this world, no doubt. But they're exacerbating it. Because at its core, the BIS is an incredibly powerful organization that seeks to control and manipulate the world's money supply and economies. 95% of the world's GDP. Its agenda is about power, greed, and profit at the expense of you and me and the rest of humanity. The covert operations undertaken by the BIS have far-reaching implications for our world. Our health, yours and mine, and our freedom. Yes, our freedom, our very freedom and our republic right now is at stake. These people are putting it in jeopardy. They want to destroy sovereignty and the United States sovereignty. Their pursuit of green financing has already brought us to the brink of a cashless society and a future dominated by a global surveillance state. Some countries it's worse than others, but heck, even in uh, rural America, if you have a ring doorbell, you are a participant in the global surveillance state. Unwittingly, maybe, but you are. If we do not take meaningful action to resist their agenda now, they will only have more tools at their disposal. The longer it goes, they will have more and more tools at their disposal with with which to secure their ultimate objective. And as total domination over all of us, not those on the left, not those on the right, not those in the center, but all of us. It is time for you, for your neighbor, for your co-worker, for 
me for your wife, your son, your daughter, your husband, whatever, to wake up and join forces in standing against this insidious cabal before it's too late. Like, subscribe, follow, or share this podcast, please, in order to stay informed about this important topic and join the fight against the banking elite and their plans for global domination. I want to thank you all for joining me today and and looking out for our next podcast, with which we're going to go into... We're going to jump off the BIS a little bit. We're going to go into the Federal Reserve. We're going to discuss a bit about its history, what it has become, and what they're planning for our future. For now, as always, keep connecting the dots. Question everything. Follow the money. Pepper Dave is out. Remember, if you like this episode, give us a like, subscribe, or follow, and please share with your friends and family so they can unplug from the mainstream media. The content provided here is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical, financial, legal, or professional advice. We recommend consulting a qualified professional before taking any action on any content related to this podcast or any of the links provided. We do not endorse any candidates or any political parties. Additionally, we are not responsible for any incorrect information and ask that you please back check any and all information and contact us with any and all errors. Thank you. Have a great day. Goodbye.